Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by progressive author Michael Golden, columnist John Cass of the Chicago Tribune, Professor Emeritus from the University of Chicago, Charles Lipson, and Celine Muakil of In These Times and WVON Radio. Nice to have you with us this evening. We've got a full two hours for you. We've got lots to talk about. Breaking news. Pete Buttigieg, according to the New York Times, he is suspending his campaign. He's dropping out of the presidential race. It broke about 20 minutes ago. And so this will be the first national show to give you an opportunity to respond to that. 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. What does this do uh, to the race for the Democratic nomination for president? We'd like to get your reaction. Uh, Michael Golden, you're the closest thing to a card-carrying Democrat or in, uh, around this table at this moment. Well, but certainly a progressive. My question to you is, uh, you were for Amy Klobuchar. You weren't a big Joe Biden fan, according to all the Facebook posts that I've read. Well, I, I wrote that Amy Klobuchar on paper, I thought, was the strongest candidate in the field. On television, she, she was well, not. That, I was kind of rooting for her, but you were. She, she'll well, be well, out I soon. Well, yeah. I know. But I, don't, I don't mean to put you behind the spot. Yeah. But <laughs> She'll be out what, soon. What does the Buttigieg dropout mean to the, to the race? You know, I— I I was a little surprised that he did it tonight, but, I mean, he knows the math. And I think that uh, Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren, I think that if they make it to Super Tuesday, I don't think they're going to drop out. I think it'll come soon after that. Everybody, most of these people see the handwriting on the wall, and they know the delegate math, and they know it's a race against the clock. I don't think that they want to be blamed if they really believe what they say, that Bernie is so dangerous, if these moderates believe that. I don't think they want to get saddled with the fault of that if he's the nominee and loses to Donald Trump. Podcast of the Chicago Tribune. John, welcome. Nice to be here with Rea- you, finally. Yes, finally, after all these years. <laughs> Many years. Uh, You're a legend. What, what, I grew up, I grew so up are listening. Oh, he is a legend. No, he is really? a- <laughs> Look at all that gray hair. <laughs> you are a legend. You can't deny that. We went to Columbia College. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, we, and it was still lefty when we left. Oh, yes. I was, uh, I was teaching I, I was a... Celine so was teaching back. there. I was. Uh, we were I, the I was two conservatives at Tokyo College. I was a I token conservative. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Buddha Judge uh, dropping out? Does that mean anything? About time. But uh, I, the first thing I asked these guys off mic, how much did Bloomberg pay for it? <laughs> well, we may never. <laughs> no, I don't have know. To wait I, for the book. I wouldn't say, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I just think Blue. Uh, he's a very talented uh, young man. He can say nothing eloquently. And uh, eventually, you have to say something. Yeah. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, he was on one of the uh, one of the shows today, and they obviously he had nothing to brag about with what happened yesterday in South Carolina. But uh, the moderator said, "Well, you know, we got 14 states coming up. What, what are you going to do on Tuesday? Where, where are you going to win?" And he he had that deer in the headlight look, which was the first time I've really seen him sort of look that way. And I think after that, he probably went back and said, you know what, I don't have an answer to this question. But again, the reporter was also asking, and he said he got, I think, 3% of the vote, uh, black vote in, in South Carolina. And you can't win the Democratic nomination unless you're, you're well into double digits. Uh, so, Salim, uh, your, your reaction. I'm well, sure there was I, I, not much it, support coming from your no, not, not much, not much. It's hard, it's hard to, to, uh, to uh, 
to, to better uh, John's description, he, he said nothing eloquently. Um, he was, he's a very eloquent guy and, and uh, a calming presence. And I think that's what gave him the boost that he did have. But mm -hmm. ultimately, you have to say something. Yeah. And he, he wasn't really. Fresh and then again, and you know, that, that, that his, his sexual identity was, was a really a big problem in, in the black community, his, his, his gender identification. Okay. Uh, Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago, also a moderate, a moderate to conservative from the U of C. I don't think his dropping out has much impact. Uh, it's interesting what you were saying, Salima, about uh, how his sexuality was viewed in the black community. I thought the fact that his being gay had almost no impact in uh, the communities that I know, um, mostly white communities, but I know plenty of mixed communities, they, they tend to be educated, was such a step forward for the country. It was huge. Uh, I, I didn't have a lot uh, uh, positive to say about Pete. I thought he was kind of a Potemkin candidate. That he, There was not much behind the facade. Right. And, but uh, uh, I didn't mean he was put up by others. I mean, there was no, not no, much behind the facade. I disagree, but, but I, I just, I, I just... And he was done in by what happened in terms of the police in South Bend. No. That became, if you're going to run on being an effective local mayor, you have to be an effective. Now, Michael, mm. you've talked about the importance of how, how well you perform on TV, and yeah. you, you said some very positive things about Pete. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I really I feel bad I didn't start there instead of just saying that he saw the math. I think what he did was... Uh, amazing to to mm -hmm. do how to, what he did in Iowa. Uh, 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 I mean, first of all, he's 38 years old. Uh, South Bend is about 100,000 people in it, yeah. and he, he is an openly gay married American. The fact that what he did in this primary, I think is, I mean, I don't think, it just, if you look at our history, it's an amazing milestone. And I don't, I disagree. I don't think that he had nothing to say. I think that he just doesn't say things, he doesn't have an agenda that sort of edgy or radical. He's a very common sense person. By the way, if you, you could say the same thing about Amy Klobuchar. You could say the same thing about a few. It's Governor Bullock when he was in. There was a lot of candidates who were more moderate. They didn't say exciting things. I don't think the fact that he was so articulate means he didn't say anything. No, but, mm. but would you acknowledge, though, that when, he, when it was a one-on-one, -on -one, when it was a town hall, he was great. He was. You put him on the stage with anyone else and he never really stood out. He did not st he right, he only what he did was he sounded smart, rational. Yeah. He sounded I mean he sounded great, but sounded still perfect. The, right, but he's 38 <coughs> 100,000 people. This is running for president. This is right. this is kind of a big And a lot deal. of 38 year olds don't like other 30 year olds being president. I, th I think his, his, ahead, him getting out is going to help Bernie in California, although Bernie didn't need much help. I agree. Uh, but at the same time, I, you know, that puzzled me. Why? Explain too, why why too. you think it helps burn because because his, his his sexual identity i think that yeah. a gay most gay folks in california or the, the gay constituency lean are very left. left are very left and and, uh, and he was the only thing that was well, keeping them but in joe, the Bi lane. joe mm -hmm. biden jumped the gun on barack obama when he was president and said he was for gay marriage i don't see how a lot of those moderate take, voters has, don't no, go to uh, joe see that, that that's a story that joe biden didn't even tell mm -hmm. you're, you're right, right. you're mm -hmm. right but i didn't I, even tell that story uh, uh, John it's, a, it's a better story for joe to tell that one than how he got arrested yeah uh, trying to see Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela well, he was, was touring the South with Jackie Robinson <laughs> that was before painful. that. That was you painful. Know? But the fact that he got away with that mm, speaks yeah. a lot. Speaks can volumes. He, can, he, can he get away with it between now and November? 
between now and Being November. Lovable Uncle Joe, even though he's that's that's he's just a, that's can, a lie. That's not can, just a fib. If you can uh, rephrase that question with a Ukrainian accent, <laughs> because all that Ukrainian stuff is going to get dusted off again. Julianne I don't even know, right? and I maybe a, a Republican doesn't have to bring it up. Maybe it'll be Bloomberg. The big issue. The big well, issue. Certainly, don't, you, you, you will not expect the media to bring those questions up because no, he like didn't the, have to. He didn't have to answer any of those questions during the primary. We've got to pause, Charles. We're coming back to you when we return. One 8289 If you were a supporter of Pete Buttigieg, would you like to call and share your thoughts or disappointment on his departure and uh, the role that uh, he might have played in this campaign? And also, most importantly, what's going to happen this coming Tuesday, Super Tuesday? Back shortly from Chicago. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack. And we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. John Cass of the Chicago Tribune. You were making a point during the the break. I forgot what point it was. What was I making? About <laughs> aging, John. <laughs> About when Joe Biden couldn't remember the name of uh, Chuck uh, Todd today. Or yes, <laughs> I'm not running for the Senate either, no, no. Joe. No, uh, as you look at this race... Uh, look at the support and the enthusiasm that Bernie Sanders has generated in yes. 16 and this year. And how do you compare that to what Donald Trump uh, did and is still doing? I, they're different, but what's, what's similar is the establishment of either party, the Jeb Bush people in 2016, telling everybody Trump could not win and a down ballot would be destroyed. And, and because they were afraid, the establishment were afraid of losing their place. Same thing with Bernie. They are afraid of losing their place. Remember, we've all been around politicians. Some of them would rather their party lose then they lose that's, their juice, that's right. Right. and that's the whole thing with a lot of these guys. So the Bernie, the Power Bernie bros are the police. deplorables. So if you were, if you were, Don, elaborate on that. Uh, well, as John's saying, that the people who follow Bernie, it's a movement essentially. It's, mm-hmm. it's not simply a pragmatic political maneuver. It's a movement, and and that's what was happening with Donald Trump. Do you agree with my assessment that it's really Goldwater, a redo of Goldwater? Well, I, 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 I hesitate to, to make that comparison because Goldwater failed so miserably. But, but in, in your oh, heart, the same movement. Thing. He but built was, a movement. Was, yeah, it is the basis for Reagan. It was young, it was movement. It was young it people, mm-hmm. uh, enthusiastic. They, Clinton was one of them. They were they were well beyond uh, the pale. I mean, they mm-hmm. were uh, radical views for 1964. Yes, yes. He, he despised the news media. The news media, which despised I think the news him. media is is ganging up on Bernie. I don't think they're giving him his due. Not at all. They're all well, trying Nick, to find even the liberal, especially also the establishment. 
said, as John alluded, the establishment said you're going to lose down ballot. And in 1964, they did. It happened. You know, you, you asked, me, asked me earlier about Pete Buttigieg and what I had written about his uh, television performance. Um, and I think that Bernie Sanders, yes, he has these, these very liberal ideas about overhauling the Medicare. So, by the way, that's going to be a danger for him if he's, if he's nominated. Th- this other stuff about him being a commie and all that, you know, these, the, the, what he says about other countries, $60 trillion, 50 to $60 yeah. trillion dollars is the estimate to do what he wants to do. That means raising taxes. You can't do the math. But I think to, to your earlier question, Bruce, Bernie Sanders is great on television, and he does what Trump does. He boils it down to three sentences, and he jams it into the camera over and over and over, and he right. believes it, and he makes his people believe it. They think he's got their back. Like, billionaire, millionaires, and billionaires. It's, a, it's an at SNL skit without actors at least, needed. You know, I'm the last person on the panel to go on the Bernie bro side, but I will say at least he's direct. I'm talking about his talent, Which yeah. is what, what, what Trump is direct and the you know Pete Buttigieg for all the our, yeah. our applause as he leaves, yeah. you know he talked about a glide path, right? Yeah. They're going yeah. the same place. Yeah. It's just a question of degree and of pacing. That's all it is. It's authentic. No, no, I mean the, the Bernie's move, authentic. The move to the to the uh, to larger and larger government and well, bigger is, and bigger health care is uh, either sl- I think slower. That there is or a not. difference, yeah. though. I, I, I think the difference is oddly that uh, people who call themselves progressives or liberals are really conservative in the sense that they want fairly slow change. And you see that with Biden. He just wants to build on what Obama did, and that's really putting the final uh, block in place of Lyndon Johnson's great society. Mm-hmm. Bernie wants something fundamentally Overall, different. Right. And I don't think that's really appealing. One question that I had uh, for you, uh, Salim and Michael, is if you're Trump, which do you think you'd rather run against? Mm. Well, that's, you know, that is uh, the, 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 the big question. I mean, I think Trump understands uh, Bernie's appeal, as John points out. They have, they have a similar kind of appeal. And um, now we're hearing, we, we heard in South Carolina that Trump was urging his supporters to vote. Uh, uh, you know, to, to support Bernie because they thought that he was he was the the, the better the weaker candidate. no the weaker candidate the for Trump for to run yeah exactly and right. it's not I at all Joe, clear yeah I think I think Joe is the better candidate I mean among between those two and I mean you can argue it both if ways if he remembers it, what race he's running I, for I, I, and he's got a lot of drawbacks don't get me wrong I'm not making a case for him as president I'm just saying that Bernie Sanders there's a lot to pick over there and there's a lot of that's right like uh, in, in South Carolina that that win was massive. That was yeah, a right. that was a, was a blowout, blowout of a big yeah, state. A big I got to say though, the problem that Biden has um, is not just that they're gaffes, but that people think that the gaffe shows he's really not declining. up to the job yeah. and he's declining. Mm-hmm. I think Charles, it's look a at pro- our president though. Look, look at who we have. Uh, I understand oh. you run against somebody, but remember, remember who things. was the most athletic president of modern times was Gerald Ford, and yet the memory of Gerald Ford was him tripping as he walked down the thing. Uh, and Jason, the reason is that the metaphor. <laughs> yes, remember, SNL, remember but the Jason, metaphor. Captured what people thought. Well, how many? And that's what it's a problem for yeah, but, but vo- for Biden. But people, voters got over that with Trump. He was a buffoon, and and a lot of people still think he is. He got elected. I mean, if you he was the, a he was a buffoon to you. 
to, he was to, not he well, was to, not a buffoon to, to sixty three million people. Well, but, uh, but to much first of, the of all, to a lot of them, he was, and they still wanted it. And to the, the Democrats, they thought buffoon. They thought he was entertaining. Sixty five million Democrats. Michael, a lot of those people thought Michael he was. That's right. The, well, they uh, did. Danger that I think the Democrats. I don't think Bernie makes this case, but I think moderate and establishment Democrats make. By marginalizing and ridiculing 63 million people. I'm not doing that to them. I'm saying him. I'm calling, I think a lot of people didn't mind that. They just said, look, he tells it like it is. He says some moronic things, but you, let's just blow this thing up. Let's, let's give it a shot. These politicians haven't done it in Washington. I'm tired of the elite decision makers. I give him that. I, and he, I he think did that's it. an American And, and how, how, how has that message changed since he's been president now? Because well, I, I think there's a lot of people out there who were Republicans, who didn't vote. They either voted for independent or they voted for Hillary because they were fearful of Donald Trump. They are fearful. now. No, uh, some are, some are. Oh, right. But I think there's a large number of those who aren't fearful anymore. I mean, I know, I know, just a minute, I know people, and I, I would mention a name, but it was done in confidence, but it's a name that everybody around this table, I think, would know maybe with the exception of John Cass, because he's been a regular guest on this program. And here he, he detests Donald Trump. He detests him. He didn't vote for him in 2016, right. and he's going to vote for him But there are a lot of people who year. aren't going to again. I know them. They said, I would go back in time if but I we don't. But we don't vote. know which is the larger number. That's correct. We don't know That's that. That's it. Mm. Independents are going to decide this like they always do. Yeah, and think uh, so? you have what forty and forty, right? Or forty-five and forty-five, 45 on either and 45, side. Right. They were they were tipping towards Trump, rushing towards Trump after the the ridiculous impeachment thing collapsed. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and Schiff and all that, and then and um, the problem is coronavirus, and then the New York Times says. Let's just call it Trump virus. Yeah. So they're they're continuing. You mean the same you mean pattern. a columnist in the Times? New York Times. Well, you know what? Guess what? It was in the yeah. it was in the New yeah. York Times, well, and the Washington Post did a piece that said not the same as calling it Trump but virus. Yeah, it's yeah. Not but but there there was a there was a, a tendency yes. on the left to to ascribe you know nefarious the motives. Now they're gonna, now they're doing it to Bernie. So uh, yeah, how yeah, do you, yeah, how yeah, do you the virus poses two risks for Trump. It has to be managed well. It can't be Katrina, right? That was mm-hmm. just so damaging uh, to, to George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. And the other uh-huh. is the overall impact on the economy. He's running basically on strong economic performance and keeping a number of promises, uh, including immigration. If the economy really begins to tank, then that's a problem. Mm. Well, immigration worked out for him well in this particular case. But you see, when he first proposed that Chinese ban, a lot of people would say, hey, man. Racist. That's including including Schumer. Yeah. They just automatically right. called it racist. Exactly. And, what, and, what, will, and what will happen if, uh, if, if uh, Mexico <coughs> has a few cases? I mean, there's mm. going to be a discussion, and I don't think the Democrats are going to want to be in a position blasting that idea. On that point, uh, um, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, was saying we're going to take the the, yeah. the money for the wall and give it to fighting the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, the logic. I'm sorry, Isn't you know, Defense Department money. <laughs> the logic of that politically, yeah. you know, you're you're identified as I want to I want everyone in here, no borders. 
and now you're going to do that? Bad mistake politically. The other thing that I think the president has going for him now, and I'd like to get everybody's reaction, including our Democrats, and that is uh, uh, Alex Azar. Uh, who is representing the administration on this. He is doing more, actually, more speaking than even the vice president. I mean, this guy, I think, is one of the, one of the most impressive, that of HHS. He's one of the most impressive, H-E-W-W, he's one of the most imp- impressive guys I've seen on TV. I, look, I think Have you seen him on TV? I have, I have. I you think, agree with I that? I think that the people, the, 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 the people that are the professionals that, that were surrounding a, a, a him at that press conference, look, there is some lifelong really smart and talented people that have enormous responsibilities. Uh, and, and, and a lot of and them what don't, did he do? And they don't have, and by the way, they don't have all, all the answers. That's what's a little scary. But what did, what did the president do? He deferred to them. Mm-hmm. This guy well, who allegedly them, doesn't but, believe in science, well, Bruce, he deferred to them. Well, but he well, also he had to, said he had some to. silly things, too. He said that, oh, you know, a mirror, sometimes a miracle happens, and, we, we, you know, everything's going to be fine. And interspersed in some of that, he says these things. A lot of his followers believe in miracles. Michael, you may not, but I, a lot of miracles I, I, do. I don't want to bank on a miracle. <laughs> nor, nor do I. It's not nor about do believing I. in miracles. But I what just, I'm saying is, you know, you know the, the people that were speaking, and, and, and uh, Anthony uh, uh, Rauchy said yesterday, I've not been muzzled. Somebody was trying to say that he's been. I don't muzzled. think he's said, I have not been muzzled. I agree with that. Yeah, so we're going to pause back shortly. 1 800 723 I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers... Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. If uh, you have just joined us and have not heard the news, Pete Buttigieg has dropped out of his uh, race for uh, the Democratic presidential nomination. That was the big story that broke about an hour ago. And again, also, uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg has uh, purchased uh, three minutes of commercial time on a couple of the networks tonight Mm -hmm. to explain uh, coronavirus uh, and to offer his assessment, if you obviously he, he may be on opposite us uh, for the next hour. Or so if you have seen it already and want to call in with your assessment, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, let us let all of our guests now introduce themselves. And we will begin with a gentleman who's been on this show for probably 15 years now, Charles Lipson. I'm uh, an emeritus professor uh, at the University of Chicago, where I taught political science, but also taught a lot of international relations and some stuff on Western values. Now I write uh, op-eds a lot uh, for Real Clear Politics, Spectator USA, and others, and I love being on this show. And you were the pride of Marks, Mississippi. 
Well, I'm proud to be from there. <laughs> <laughs> Salim Muwakil, also probably about 15, 20 years Long for us being on this. Uh, yeah, may, maybe. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating our 40th anniversary in June, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Salim. Years. I'm Salim Muwakil. I'm a um, senior editor at In These Times uh, magazine. Been that for, for quite a while now. And also, I'm a, a, a commentator on WVON, um, a, a radio host. And I do a few other things as well, and, and I am also very, very happy to be on this show. And I've been on this show many, many, many a times. A long, long time. Some of, some of our most memorable and heated conversations indeed, indeed. Uh, were involved. I almost had a fight with Tom Rosa one time. I, 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 I do remember that yes, very sir. much so. John Cass, tell us who you are, John, or tell the audience who I'm you are. I'm a columnist for the Chicago Tribune and a member of its editorial board. I am also a host of the Chicago Way podcast. You can find it wherever great podcasts are found. And I grew up, I was born in Chicago on the south side and grew up there and in Oak Lawn. And I love this town. I love this state. And I really, I'm just honored to be here with Bruce Dumont, my first uh, Beyond the Beltway with Bruce. All right. Yes, you, you you have been a guest on two occasions uh, when Dan Proft and Chris Roebling yeah, posted the you show. called me up and said you do Dan Proft and you, you're not yeah, gonna, right. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? I've known <laughs> I've known you, John, since you were a little boy, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I remember. Well, we go we go back. We probably go back fifty years. 45 or 50 years. Something Let me like give that. it Columbia College. And, right, exactly. I mean, and by the way, let me just say, uh, we have, there's a lot of great reporters in town, but insofar as a columnist is concerned, this is the best columnist in town. If, you're, if you want to know, he doesn't write exclusively about Chicago, but nobody knows Chicago better than John Cass. But he also writes on national uh, topics. If you like a President Trump, You'll love John Cass. So wherever you look up, John Cass, Chicago Tribune. And again, we're delighted to have you here this evening. And since this is your first voyage with me, hopefully it's not your last. Michael Golden, tell us who you are. 13 years. Yeah. Not, not quite a Charles level. Yeah. Not for, um, You're I falling am, steadily further back. <laughs> <laughs> I am president of Golden Mean Strategies in Chicago and co-founder of the One Million Degrees Community College Scholarship Program that you're paper just talked about today. We were thrilled. And uh, I also write uh, editorial pieces for the Washington Post, New York Daily News, Chicago Sun-Times, and I love doing the show. I'm from the city, and I always love being on Beyond the Beltway with you, and, and no matter who the guests are, it's always a good, fun two hours of conversation um, and with, the, with no holds barred. I love it. Good. I, it's I, the I highlight of my week. one thing. You said I love Donald Trump, or at least left that impression. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was really a Rand Paul guy yeah. and have been. I'm more of a libertarian conservative. Right. It's not that I like Trump. It's just that the Democrats, no offense, Michael, they drive me crazy, okay? <laughs> but there's one, there's one other thing, John, and again, I think we can use this segment to talk about it. You also are a very respected journalist, and, and in many cases, in many of your columns, uh, whereas you come across as pro-Trump, it's because you're, you, you're, you're disgusted by the way in which the news media treats him. There, there's absolutely there's no, no objectivity. Fairness, but and I had been, as Salim may uh, tell you, I had been more to the left years ago. Yes. And what changed me was actual firsthand experience 
watching government work and the hammer of government falling on innocent people in Chicago and just write that out large. And mm-hmm. that's w- where I am now. I want to say one thing that John does that <laughs> people who may not uh, subscribe to the Tribune don't see. John, tell us about your monthly award and who won it this month. <laughs> the award is the Mutsa, and you do it this way. Nah. <laughs> Like that, right to the camera. No offense to any of you who got it. Um, and it's a, it's an ancient symbol of uh, hand signal of disgust and contempt, uh, developed by my ancestors, the ancient Greeks. Um, they usually had something in their hands when they threw it, probably from a donkey or something. Yeah. But, but that's what it was. And Blagojevich uh, received it this month, the February Golden Mutsa. I couldn't Boy, that resist. That was an easy one. That was. An I easy couldn't one. resist. To, the headline was something like, "I've got this thing. It's bleeping golden." <laughs> something like golden, that. Now that golden. was no re- reference to, to you, no, Michael no Golden. All about him. But he. I, I, I want to take reference with your John. John. John puts up three or four it's nominees. Not my show. It's, it's John puts it's up three or four nominees each month, mm. and we all get to write in and say who's the worst. As long as you're off that list, you're okay for the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to I come back and, and, and let you all weigh in on something that we've talked about a couple of times in the last month on this program. In 2016, there were 100 million people that did not vote. And Bernie Sanders has said in talking about how he his path to victory, he's always talking about expanding the base. He hasn't it hasn't really manifested itself so far. Uh, it has with, with young voters, but again, uh, he's got a long way to go. But my question, I want to open this up. I'll start with you, Salim. Salim, why don't you think people vote? Is it because they hate? their lives or are they just so satisfied they don't want to be bothered with voting <clears throat> they don't think it matters they don't think that they have agency in this um, and for for a while that that really has been the case it, their wishes get translated into a, a massive movement nowhere many many people feel and so you know why why should we do anything the big shots have it uh, and uh, no matter how democratic no, no matter how much of democracy democracy we talk in our um, and our aspirations, we don't, we don't deliver. John, why do you think that people don't vote? I think, uh, I think the fact is that they don't think their vote matters. But here's the thing. It does matter, and it mattered with Trump. And what frightens the Democratic establishment and the cor- corporate, because really now Democrats, we've seen a transformation. Charles has written about this. Transformation is... Uh, now Republicans are the working man's party. The Democrats That's Trump. look at That's a Trump look move. at Bloomberg. Well, Southern this goes back. Bloomberg, this goes way back. Bloomberg now. is the uh, wedding song of big corporate and big government. And if Bernie Sanders gets people excited about. Uh, coming out and voting and changing things, that's going to terrify the entire establishment across the board, particularly the Democrats, so they must destroy Sanders now. The question is whether if they kill him, I mean not physically kill him, Mm -hmm. but if they kill him or use the superdelegates to leverage it out of him, 
Will there be a Democratic Party afterwards, yeah, Michael? Point. I, I, I want to. You know what? You give me an opportunity to take Thank issue you. with what you said earlier Please about do. government sucking and. and I didn't say it sucks. Well, in Chicago, I said people, it hammers people. Well, to death. okay, all right, all right, but you just said also that it gets larger and it doesn't kind of it doesn't right. produce yeah, as well as right. it could. Which you know that's a matter of degree. But on Bloomberg, and I'm not a big fan of Mike Bloomberg as a candidate. In fact, I've been ripping him uh, when I write about him. He's brutal on television, painful to watch. However, what he did, if you go look in New York, and he, he did, he taxed the wealthy, he improved public health, he improved the crime statistics, he improved a whole bunch of things in New York over 12 years. Right. And so a lot of people would say, actually, he, whatever you think of New York, whatever you think of progressive policies, he, 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 uh, uh, as a Republican, uh, in that mayor's position, made the government larger in some ways and more efficient. So it can be done. It may not be going well, well the way I'm we not, want in Chicago or Illinois. I'm, I'm not going to argue okay. you with that. What I find interesting about what you've said is that the Democratic strategy for three years has been orange autocrat bad. And now their savior is an autocrat, I agree a short you. autocrat. I don't think he's the answer. I agree with you about that. I, I, I just find Charles? that odd. I think Bloomberg vote? is running uh, for city manager. Right. And uh, this is not an age where people are asking for a city manager in that position. I, I chaired Gary Chico's campaign for me. Believe me, he was far more qualified to yeah. run this city. So I people think don't that, care about that. Yeah. Look at the president. People do not care about I th- that. John said earlier, John Cass said earlier, <laughs> that um, uh, the independents would decide it. I'm not sure about that. And let me Neither. tell you why. The, the last uh, campaigns have been base mobilization. And base mobilization in this partisan era is actually alienating to a lot of the people in the middle. And I think you you can see in the Trump rallies that what he's trying to do is actually expand the base by continuing his regular themes rather than moderating the themes. I think one reason for that is the nature of modern media. You can't say things in the primaries like you used to and then come back to the middle. Right, which Nixon started, right? He was the first one to do that. And you can't do it because they now have video of you in your Mm. own words on a camera. Every day, all day long. (laughs) Sticking with you. Back shortly, 1-800-723-8229. From coast to coast and border to border and around the world at beyondthebeltway.com, I'm Bruce Dumont. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack. And we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. 
Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Michael Golden, you were going to make a point on something that Charles said in the previous segment. Yeah, and John, John said earlier um, that he thinks swing voters will decide the election. And, and I, I thought that for a long time when I was running campaigns. Uh, and I worked for John Kerry in 04, and that was the case. But, but recent numbers, if you look at it, and this was the case in the 2018 midterms, when the full base of Democrats turns out, and that, that 2018, if you really look at why, it wasn't because of all the health care talk, it was because it was a pushback on the president. The base turned out, even in the swing district, yes, you need swing voters. It's not an either-or, but I'm not sure the swing voters alone decide that. If you look at the 2016 presidential election in Wisconsin, in Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and you see the people who voted for Obama that stayed home. They didn't vote for Trump. They stayed home. That would have swung the election in those three states. The 77,000 votes Trump won by, and maybe even North Carolina, African-Americans in North Carolina. But those three Midwestern states would have swung if the same people who turned out for Obama had turned out again for a Democrat, not switched over well, to those Trump. People, but they, are, they, they, they went for Trump. They went, no, I, no, 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 you can go back and look. Yep. That would have overpowered the number that came out for Trump. So you raised, so are voters. they going to come out when Bloomberg? We don't know. No, Bloomberg I don't, is I, I think, a chance. I don't think so. I think there's a chance that Bernie could, could invigorate a, a new electorate. I agree. I, I agree. A lot of young people are, are pro-Bernie. Um, they, they're actually pro-socialism. They don't want him to, to dampen right. his, his socialist right. uh, rhetoric. I, and, 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 yeah, but, and they, I think he should. I think he should call himself a, a Keynesian Democrat. I mean, I, that's more accurate. But these know. are also these are also the people that will walk out of that convention in Milwaukee if Bernie Sanders is not the candidate. Unfortunately, and again, I think those people—they're either going to sit on their hands or they're going to vote now for. How does that That's play a danger. A, That's Bruce, a danger. How does, how, Bruce, how does that play to Michael's theory? I've got to say, there's too much enthusiasm. There's too much enthusiasm here for Bernie. Too much enthusiasm for Bernie. I'll tell you, when you tell 160, 180 million people you're going to take away their private insurance, you not only have a large group of people against you, you've taken away the issue that was so important to the Democrats in 2018. Health care was on their side. If you let Trump run against you on health care, I think you've got a big problem. I don't, think, I, 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 don't think, I don't think the 100 million that don't vote are not necessarily uh, recipients and think that way. Right. I think a large or a percentage of it, I'm not going to say the majority, but a large percentage of those people like the idea of free college. They like, they like all the free I, stuff. Why not? Who wouldn't? They like all the free stuff. And they're going to say, no one's come along to this degree to give us all this free stuff. I'm going to go vote for this guy. He's so I think, that, I, I think that Bernie Sanders, and by the way, I've said this before, I think Bernie Sanders can be elected. I do. Anyone could you anybody anybody in this building could be elected over Trump. If when it's a binary choice, you don't the, the I don't anti, agree with that. The anti I don't Trump agree vote, with that. I'm saying I am I'm, I'm exaggerating <laughs> a little bit. I've seen some of the people in yeah. this building. <laughs> you get my point. If all those Democrats turn out that that didn't in in 16 and mm. did in 12, just the Democrats, not the one who swung to Trump. They, the Democrats can win no matter who it is. All the seven I candidates. I think he's going to he'll he can and uh he can get people excited, but uh, once they realize that his economic policy That's a is the big rock candy mountain 60 by trillion. Pete Seeger, it's doubling the federal right. budget. 
John, I, John, I but, hope you're right. With the lemonade but, trees. Yeah, they yeah, also but, know that but, he can't pass it. That there are barriers in right. the way. That see, that's, see, that, that's a very that's a very important because because what Biden is saying is vote for me because I can help carry the House and the Senate. And we'll Bernie do it can't carry the House and the Senate. But if you want anything that Bernie wants, the only way you're going to get it <laughs> is if I get these people elected. I mean, it, it's it's a catch twenty two between uh, between them. Mm. We got to take callers on the line. We do have they've been waiting. Michael is on the line. Michael, uh, is this Michael Lieber? Yes, it is. Michael Lieber, for those uh, who are frequent guests, uh, Michael Lieber has been a guest on this program. He's been a big uh, Pete Buttigieg backer. Uh, you were a bundler uh, for him. Uh, what's your reaction? Uh, uh, tonight to uh, all the work that you put in and, and Pete's decision to pull out? Well, you know, obviously a lot of gratitude and a lot of sadness. Uh, you know, I got involved in the campaign. I first said that, hey, he was my pick publicly, I think, last February 23rd, so over a year ago. Uh, kind of, I Generally, I'm not an early adopter, but this time I was. And when I said that, I got three questions generally. Who, is, who the heck is this guy? How do you pronounce his name? And are you crazy? And yeah, as time went on, he proved that a guy who had a really, it was a real, real long shot, ended up making it very, very far. So for that, I have a lot of gratitude. You know, remember, you know, he outlasted senators like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand, Michael Bennett, governors, Jay Inslee, Hickenlooper. So you know, he went from being kind of beyond obscure to somebody who was really helping shape the discussion. And I feel like he really remained true to himself and his values the whole time. He didn't um, prostrate himself. He didn't um, uh, say things that he didn't believe. Uh, so while I'm very sad tonight, I leave with my head held high. Michael, would you also acknowledge that Pete never had a good answer to a question, why should blacks vote for him? That was certainly his Achilles heel. And first of all, I want to make it clear that I'm simply a volunteer for the campaign. Right. I'm not speaking on behalf of the campaign. But yeah, you know, that, that was his Achilles heel. And the fact of the matter is, really, aside from Bernie recently, the only person who's been getting any support from African Americans is Joe Biden. Remember, you know, Kamala Harris couldn't, right. Cory Booker couldn't, um, you know, even today. Um, you know, we, we always talk about Pete's problems in terms of getting African American votes, but in South Carolina, he got more, I think, than Warren or Klobuchar. Right. We do have to um, pause. Michael, thanks very, much. thanks very much for your call tonight, and also thanks for being a guest uh, uh, talking about Pete Buttigieg for the last uh, six, eight months on this program. We appreciate it. We do have to pause. We're at the end of hour number one. Another full hour coming up on Beyond the Beltway from coast to coast and border. But, oh, don't get up, guys. Don't get up. And uh, we'll take calls 1-800-723-8200. In the next hour, we'll continue this conversation, but talk about another big issue, and that is the Taliban peace agreement. Do you believe it? Back shortly. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? 
If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers... GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Project Yellow Light noise and the ad council chris domine is a husband and a father chris is an athlete chris is even an iron man but 10 years ago chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing basically the doctor said if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis you, you are going to die fortunately chris received a second chance at life made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Bruce Schumann back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, uh, the uh, the black vote and where it might go. And uh, I brought up the question to Salim about what about these efforts by the Trump administration to reach out uh, to the black community? They're having 15 centers all over the United States in urban areas where there's going to be an outreach program, an active outreach program to try to get African-Americans to uh, support Donald Trump. And uh, as someone who has uh, your uh, hand on the pulse of what happens in, in at least black Chicago, uh, uh, how much of a serious effort is that, Salim? Serious effort? Uh, it, it is a serious effort. There are, there are many people who do support Donald Trump. There has been support for Trump in the black community for, for a while. Uh, many people are attracted to his alpha dog persona, his braggadocio. In, in fact, in the hip-hop community, you know, that, that's a part of the, the, the uh, aesthetic of, of mm-hmm. hip-hop, this braggadocio thing. And Trump... Um, emblemized that for, for many folks. I mean, many of the lyrics in hip-hop uh, 
music uh, refer to to Donald Trump because of that in a positive way, in a positive way, or or at least in an, an ad, you know in in a way that is a, they, they admire his his uh, his posture, the way he presents himself. Um, so there is this residual affection for Donald Trump in the community, but I think by and large the black community is anti-Trump, especially the activists, mm -hmm. the black activist community. They're anti-Trump. Uh, is a significant it, residue. Is it uh, older black uh, voters? Where Anti-Trump. Anti-Trump, okay. yeah. They, they, so it's the mid, uh, middle range? Black uh, young, middle younger, class? Younger black, younger black voters, especially the men, uh, younger black males, see, they, they see some attraction in, in Trump's... Um, and, and one, one other follow-up question, because we talked about this last, last uh, segment. What is it about the campaign of Kamala Harris and uh, uh, Cory Booker that gave them less than stellar both, both support of them, within the black community? Both of them seem inauthentic. Uh, Cory Booker seemed inauthentic. Um, and, and that, you know, that, that, is a part of, that was a part of his problem when he was running in, in Newark, New Jersey. I mean, a lot of the black community in Newark initially rejected Cory Booker for Sharp James, the, the, the mayor who had a more um, earthy appeal. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and so he he always came across as someone who was who was putting on airs, so to speak. He was making it up, like he was the, making it up, right? The T Bone thing, where he made it, it, up his friend T Bone. <laughs> what the heck, T Bone? And Kamala Harris, the drug dealer, who's and he was tough, and I was tough, and yeah, we yeah, worked that together. Thing, that Come thing, on, up. man. Exactly. That, and like Kamala that. Harris, you know, she was an, an Indian Jamaican who was who was trying to be black. And That's a prosecutor. A lot of and the prosecutor. And a prosecutor, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people found that. Um, not they didn't find that alluring at all in, in the black community. Some did. A lot, a lot of people did like her, but um, overall, she didn't. She didn't strike. And what that about chord. Bernie? Bernie is having a hard time in the black and community. And why? Um, I think a lot of he's it is authentic. He's very authentic. Very and and there are, there's a significant slice of the black community that's very very fervently uh, behind uh, Bernie. Right. Uh, because of that uh, that uh, authenticity, but at the same time, I think it's you know there's a cultural distance there. His his Jewishness, his um, East Coast. Uh, what what? Yeah yeah. There's, there's Is a there little... something that goes back to the history in the '60s. Yeah yeah. There's a little, there's there's a little bit of that. You've got uh, people on the the Freedom Riders. You got people marching, and then you have these white kids from. Winnetka. Uh, Winnetka telling them what to do. Kind of I remember that. when they tried that with Harold Salima. I go, we all go back to that. The white kids, the woke white kids then yeah. tried to tell Harold Washington what to do, and Bobby Starks and uh, Conrad Worrell and the Nationalists stepped in and blew that thing right. up, and that dynamic still seems exactly. to be there. That's a part, exact. That's the exact dynamic that I'm talking but, but about. I have to stick some, some of those. The Jewish Americans at that time also went down south and were registering people to oh, vote, and, risked, and, and a few of them lost not, their lives. Jews I'm have been the most. No, no, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that you know they, they mm -hmm. weren't just ordering everyone around or something. No, you know, no, they, no. That, they, that's true. They, that is they, true. They, they marched and they registered. There is an, there is antagonism there, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it and it goes back. And I think it's, that's a part of the the uh, um, the client. How come we never? How come we never hear about? Because the media that won't discussed want to in talk the media, or or but or, 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 I, I understand them. they don't want, but but is is part of this story the 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 the, the, the black Jewish relations, which goes back to uh, Harold Washington's election in sixties, even before sixties before that, and and uh, uh, Mark Clark and and um, yeah. Black Panther uh, mm -hmm. folks and Bobby Rush, is it be, is this a unique Chicago story? 
No. No, no. They, it's all over I, the I'll tell you where it uh, was first manifest in a national way was in uh, Brownsville in mm. uh, New York. Uh, when th- there was unanimity around uh, going through the mid-60s around de jure equality. As soon as you getting voting rights, housing rights, anybody can go to a hotel. People don't remember that there were hotels in major cities that wouldn't accept blacks, wouldn't accept Jews, uh, some of these hotels. And, uh, of course, this was true of private clubs and so forth. But when you move beyond that, you began to get divergence of interest with some people saying, well, look, we're a large portion of the city, but we're not, uh, we, we don't have enough uh, spots in the, uh, among the teachers. We don't have enough spots in CCNY. Mm. We don't have, and all of this came How much time at did the, you spend in New York? Uh, huh? How much time did you spend in New York? You, 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 you're mentioning these initials are, yeah. are uh, you know, comfortable initials. You, you, you seem no, no. Uh, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi <laughs> is the uh, epicenter of Jewish life in America. I think we all know. <laughs> and New York is a small outpost, um, yeah. so naturally, I, I've gone Definitely there a little there, bit. Charles. But, uh, <laughs> but the fact is, I think what happens <clears throat> in uh, after you moved from legal equality is you begin to get interest group politics. Some people then who are white, Jewish, but they could be Episcopal, are going to say it's a social justice issue and we're going to make common cause. Others are going to say, look, uh, it's a merit-based issue or, you, you know. And is it, but is it more than just um, African-Americans wanted uh, racial preferences and Jews who were victims of quotas forever didn't want them. There's something else there. I don't know what it is yet, well, but I'll no, write well, about it. Okay, Bruce, I'll figure there, it out. There may, be, there may be some tension there, but I think um, m- much of the, the theoretical assaults on, on the idea of, of uh, un, uh, this, this inequality really was pioneered by Jewish intellectuals and whatnot. They were the ones who were, who were forming the, the uh, in, you know, that, 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 and now the big it's Asian Americans is part of the appeal, uh, uh, Salim, the, the appeal that Trump might have to some small section of, of uh, black uh, voters that you talk with. Is it because of his strength uh, about building the wall? I mean, how do blacks who you run into, mm-hmm. how do they react to the on, on, uh, influx of uh, of Central Americans uh, through our southern border. Uh, that, that's another uh, that's another issue that that um, attracts Trump to, to a lot of African Americans. <clears throat> they also are wary of this of this kind of open uh, immigration idea uh, because they they feel that they suffer <clears throat> from that. When and and it's an old labor um, idea as well. It's an old labor position that if, if you if you make immigration unlimited, it lowers the currency of labor. Used to be Bernie's position. Bernie Sanders used to be. Used to Bernie. 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 Back Sanders shortly from Chicago with more discussion. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. 
Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack. And we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. We're still back in Chicago. Let's uh, head west to Austin, Texas. Uh, Roger's listening to us on KLBJ, and they've got a big uh, uh, primary coming up on Tuesday. How are you doing, Roger? We're doing very good. Thank you for having me on, sir. You want to yeah, give me a little? Uh, you want to give us a little preview of what you think is going to happen in the Democratic primary? You may not be a Democrat, but I'm sure you've been following the news down there. Uh, who do you think is likely to win uh, on Tuesday night? Well, I'm in Travis County, so uh, high Democratic turnout, and probably Sanders will win by a considerable margin here. Okay. Uh, you know, that's just the way the chips fall. Is that Austin? You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, uh, and Salim, you, you, you were very, uh, very articulate on what you were saying about the investment of the uh, older activist black community uh, into the Democratic Party. Uh, and, and your characterization of the presidential uh, candidates was also extremely spot on. Mm. You know, I heard Buttigieg's uh, exodus speech and Steyer's, and Buttigieg says, we can't take four more years of Trump, and Steyer said, we can't have any more of these disasters. And it made me wonder, what disasters are they talking about? You know, we've had the tax reform, uh, reduced regulation, uh, our military's been rebuilt. The we've Tom Steyer presidential campaign deals. was a disaster. Yeah, the, it was a disaster. And, you know, the, the, the thing is that Trump's got such a track record of achievements here that, I mean, it's almost surreal to hear these guys try to run on this is a disaster. I think you know, that you've I mean, got it exactly right. I should say that I love going down to Austin. I have two adult children who live uh, in Austin, and I and uh, nothing beats the barbecue Sixth down street, there. Sixth Street, right? Sixth Street? Is that the, Sixth is Street. But also uh, the barbecue, which is really brisket down there. It's a lot salt of fun. Salt Lick. This, I'm sure this gentleman knows yeah, Salt Lick. Yeah. But let me just say, I, I, think, it, uh, I think that Trump has a lot to run on. Not just the uh, economy, let me just, but he's let me, largely let, delivered let, let, on let me, what he let promised. Let me interrupt you for a second because yeah. I think the caller agrees with you, yeah. but Michael, I know, disagrees with the caller. So, Michael, I want you to tell Roger in Austin, Texas why he's wrong. Why he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't think Roger's totally wrong. I think at the break we were kind of talking about how sometimes the media simplifies things. It's not one or the other. There are things that Donald Trump – look, I, I think Donald Trump's just an awful – uh, you know, he says the same yeah. about you. Yeah, that's it. But he has <laughs> he he's, he's done terrible. he's done some things that uh, first of all he's done things that for his base that he promised them. He did say he was going to stand up to China. Forget how I 
feel how he's done it. He did say he was going to, you know, build a wall, and he took the money from the Defense Department. If you if you like those things, you do think that he has a record. If you're corporations or even the mid-sized businesses and the tax cut work for you, then that's the record you're going to run on. But, of course, this is complex. If you're a working-class person in the industrial Midwest who is out of a job or you're not making minimum wage, there are people that support Bernie Sanders because they've got three jobs and can't afford health care. That, John Cash. You know, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's all false, though, dude. That's that, not that false. false. That's, that's a 330 yes, million yes, people in this is. country. No, no, they, no, not that many. Okay. If you look at the statistics on even how many people have two jobs, is that, you know, the, the unemployment now is so low. In Austin here, it's 2%, man. Did I, I mean, not we're trying, talk about wages? We're trying to find did, people did, did, did to I, work. And wages have gone up. Go look at the ELS, man. When I go to Austin, when I go to Austin and and other cities, one of the things I do is I go to like a Burger King or a Dairy Queen, and I ask what's the entering wage, and that's the effective minimum wage. And two or three years ago, it was twelve bucks or more for the very entering people in Austin, and now I imagine it's closer to fifteen in Austin. It's in Austin. Let let, let Roger finish. All over town. It's fifteen to twenty all over town, and we're having a great economy. I mean, it's 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 hard to say that things are in a disaster when our troops are coming home. We're not in a war. We've got our allies finally paying up. You know, ISIS is defeated. Look at the terrorist leaders that have been, you know, killed. Whatever, you know, and you know what is the disaster? The Democrats have a real problem here well, because you've got weak candidates yeah. and you're running into a headwind. All right, John, John Roger, Cass has got a question for you. Roger, um, the U-Haul, if I'm going to take a U-Haul from California and come to Texas, it, it costs me a lot of money. But if I'm – how does that work? Why aren't there more people leaving Texas for California? Why are all the Californians coming to Texas? Well, maybe maybe you could have uh, Bill Bergman up there come on, and he could probably explain why we have so many Illinois U-Hauls coming to town. It's California. You know, we're a conservative, low-tax state. Everybody is leaving the craziness and trying to come here. But when they get there, Roger, when they get there and when they get to North Carolina and when they get to Georgia, they're not – they're voting for many of the same policies yes. Yes, <laughs> in the states they left. Exactly yeah. Put right. up a wall. They're don't let Illinois in Democrats into right, Texas. Yeah. They'll ruin your whole country. Roger, go, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The, the, Michael I, is upset. I, I, I'm not upset. I understand <laughs> what Roger's saying. And again, there are, it, you, it depends on the lens you're looking at this through. If, if you're a Republican who really, really has never voted Democrat, you won't give credit to Barack Obama for eight years of certain economic factors that the same Bureau of Labor statistic you're citing went up and up and up. If you're a Democrat and the rule of law is important to you, there's a lot that the, President the, Trump the has done. History that, is great, that, dude, but this is now and going forward. We're electing someone in the future. Let's not well, be talking about all the past. Let's talk about well, I'm today. Not, that's that's not nothing. that's not my point. You my point is, my point. Well, your is, point was you're going to take credit for things that Barack Obama did. No, yes, yeah, fun. that's care. funny, Bruce. Well, my, no, care. my point is that there's you know, if 165 million Americans didn't vote for Donald Trump, I don't think all of them think that his track record will change their mind and that that's the country is wonderful under the. I mean, it's just not realistic. You know, you you can't you can't claim that a president has done everything right. Any president. 
Who was well, this hope, Barack Obama that, who I was present was, during the uh, Biden administration? Well, I, well, that was also it was a horrible time because you 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 may remember 150 millions were uh, million people Americans were killed with uh, with East guns. the traffic. It uh, certainly eased the traffic. Years. But you know what, Bruce? I, and I don't gonna, notice any. I didn't notice any. You guys are making the, fun of Joe freeway. Biden, but you don't make fun of the things Trump says. It's Bruce, fascinating. It's listen, fascinating. Listen, listen, Michael. You do. Listen, yeah. you guys, this yeah, is a that, campaign I, I, that's going to go through all 57 that's, states. That's my point. <laughs> all 57. If you want to hear something Wait, from Trump, turn on Roger, Roger, the one thing that we really like is being the, doing this show from Chicago. We like all the people in Austin, Texas, who listen to us every Sunday night on KLBJ. You're one of our oldest affiliates. We got lots of calls from Austin. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank We're now going to go to Cottonwood, California, where Dale is listening to us. Go ahead, Dale. Bruce, thank you for letting me get on. I have Good. three <laughs> thoughts, okay? All right. The first thought is I sit out in my front yard with my sheep and lambs and listen to you on Sunday nights. Second of all, the president on Thursday had a roundtable with a bunch of black leaders, Candace Owens, Diamond and Nope. So, and all so. these other people need nothing but praise for this president. Right. Thirdly, I want to say that the rallies that President Trump has, there are 17 to 26 percent of Democrats going to those rallies. Now, what do you think that means? It means that Michael is. Um, we need to call nine one one right now because Michael's <laughs> not doing well. <laughs> no, no, it's Simon and Silk. We're there at the White House, and I'm Salim. I'm sure that the yeah, whole African American population will flip and and rotate. Yeah, Diamond and Silk is that kind of a joke to, to most people in the black they're community. Not a joke. That is ridiculous. They're, they're a joke. They're a joke to most most people in the black community. I, I understand why you find them funny. I, I mean, why you find them uh, compelling, but they're, they're not compelling to to most black folks. I'm what about Kanye West? What about Kanye West and his support different. of the president? Um, you know, he, he's lost a lot of support as well, but he's also, he's also increased the president's allure among a certain uh, group of black I folks. I think that what, the fact that we got to go through a number of different names represents something that's changed. There are more sort of prominent black people, including elected officials, Tim Scott and so forth, mm -hmm. who can speak as black Republicans. Some are just, you know, entertainers or don't have any not particular that many, weight. Charles. Not that many. They're not all that no, many, but it's it's more than it used to be. And They're I th much more. Well, not 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 much more than it than it was uh, during the time of Nixon, for example. But you know, in Nixon's black capitalism, yeah. Trump. Now, how do you deny that? Be cool, my man. Be cool. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> you know, this is one of the things that people get so, and that's why people, you know, uh, uh, compare Bernie Bros to deplorables. It's the sim a similar kind of anger, emotionalism that gets gets. No, but what what Dale is saying is, uh, Dale is saying that there are African Americans who are part of this effort to support Some. President Trump, Some. and you are an African-American leader. You are a progressive. I'm not a leader. You may, but you may not it's like some of the people that support the president, but you can't deny that they don't exist. Oh, definitely. And, again, and again, some of these African-American leaders, they use their power, they use their influence to whisper in Derek Kushner's ear to, to help lead to the Second Chance Act. And, and I know you're going to say, oh, that started with Obama. No, I'm not. I'm well, not going to say, say that. Say? 
I, I by the you way, give, I you, give, you give the president give, credit yes, for that. Yes, yes. See, Thank this is, you. John and I were just talking about this outside in the break. That if you can't concede that that a, a president of, uh, that you oppose has done some good things, then you just don't have any credibility. Exactly now, right. the First exactly Step Act right. was a good thing. It was a first step. It was a small thing, <clears> but <throat> he got it passed and he deserves credit. But go. but a, a, a staged event at the White House with some African American leaders that does not speak to a, not at you all. know statistically a larger. It doesn't make any sense. I'm respectfully to Dale. Yes, he he had a little event and people shouted. You're historically terrific, black universities that had a That's... meeting at the White House and then ended up with with hundreds of millions of dollars. Does that good. count? Is that good or bad? Great. Good. Great. You think some of them might support Trump? I mean, it's good. Some. Got a pause. How many? Back shortly. Actually, reminds me of. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require E-Verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers count. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain, and reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Think I there's a talent. Come back in Chicago, boy. Uh, we should keep the tapes rolling. During the <laughs> All the good right. stuff. We're going to be here until ten. Joining us anywhere. tonight from the Progressives, we have uh, Sully Mulkill from In These Times, and also uh, from WVON Radio, we have Michael Golden, who wrote the book Unlock Congress many years ago, and also we have uh, representing sort of the conservative side, we have John Cass, longtime columnist for the Chicago Tribune, and Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago. He's now the uh, uh, chairman, not chairman. Uh, uh, professor Emeritus, uh, and he is from Great with merit. That's what you know what, Bruce? Great with merit. <laughs> okay. And you know what, Bruce? <laughs> In your heart, you know I'm right. I do. I, do. <laughs> I've got, I think I've got a couple of posters that will say that, John. <laughs> By the way, we, we have gone uh, 90 minutes into this program, and we have not spoken about something that Donald Trump did last week, and that is America's longest war appears to be over. Now, there's a lot of people listening that may not believe that the agreement, the, the peace <coughs> agreement with the Taliban will last, and it may not last, but it's something also that President uh, has said that he wanted to do uh, during his campaign. Uh, according to the deal, uh, there are currently 12,000 U.S. troops uh, in the region, and that's going to be dropped down to 8,000 troops within the next 135 days, and all American troops will be out within 14 months uh, from Afghanistan. So I want to begin. Uh, I'm going to begin with you, Charles. Um, Let's talk about uh, the president's foreign policy. He hasn't gotten credit for much, but is this is somebody going to finally stand up and say, "Mr. President, you did a good job on this," or is there too much iffiness in this deal? There's too much iffiness in this deal because we don't know whether the Taliban 
will execute what they promised, and we don't know whether they'll uh, distance themselves from al-Qaeda, which was the reason that we went in there in the first place. Our goal there uh, under George W. Bush was far too expansive. We now know that in this uh, tribalized, poor, mountainous community, we really can't create anything that looks like a democracy. Our interest is in keeping people there from attacking us. Okay, let's go to John Cash. John, does the president get credit for this? He should. It's about time. He ran on it. Actually, Rand Paul ran on it. Yep. And uh, the Republican Party freaked out. They were okay with Trump talking about it because they thought they could handle him with Jeb Bush. Yes. And they missed it. Right. Um, like Kind of like the Democrats think they can handle Bernie Sanders. They're, they're missing it. Um, but yeah, we we shouldn't have we go over there, take care of business, and get out. American people don't like the wars, and I was a kind of a Republican. That's why I'm amused by people saying I'm a Republican. I was more Republican when I bought the whole Colin Powell, um, George Bush, weapons of mass destruction, and I don't know. I mean, okay, we shouldn't have been there. The purple it's finger. Better to call, it's better to call you a conservative than a Republican. I'm a conservative. Right? I know. But to tell me that you're going to, as Charles just said, you're going to take a cultures that have no background, nothing in a representative a republic and recreate a republic in Afghanistan or Iraq, you're insane. And Michael so it's about Golden. time we're out. The war is over, yeah, Michael. Well, it's not over, but on the face of it, it's a good thing to bring our troops home. I have to say, it won't be a satisfying answer, but this is one area where I don't really like to criticize presidents and where I think that American, this is one of the areas where it's important for Americans to trust their president because they see classified daily presidential briefings every day. Look, Barack Obama stayed there far longer than I thought he would, and he also you know, had drone strikes going. I think that presidents see threats in, in some of these areas and they, they don't realize before they get there that, wow, I, I don't want to I want to bring these guys home. But there are there are real threats on the ground here that, that right jacket. that most people. So I don't I don't I don't criticize presidents about that. That's one area where I think that's why it's so important. What you trust and who you elect in the presidency, because they have enormous powers to protect the country. I, I always was surprised that Barack Obama didn't want to bring more homes troops home uh, faster because he didn't like, quote, dumb wars. Uh, uh, and I think that he saw things that we still, you know, don't know the full measure of the threat there. Do because, you, do because you to consider, me, but Michael? One more thing. To, to me, I never understood, why do, you, why do you have to get the terrorists there? Why can't they just move to another country? Mm. What's so special about that place? Mm. Hey, if you shut, it's like whack-a-mole if you shut them down there. Mm-hmm. But I think the presidents uh, uh, see things in classified briefings that we don't know about. That's do you think, do, do you then... Could you sleep comfortably knowing that Bernie Sanders was the president of the United States if he had access to all of this information? Are you confident that he would act in a presidential way, not necessarily in the way that his rhetoric has been for 35 years? Oh, so that's a, that's a fair question. And by the way, I'm not a, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, I think we got that. Yeah, but, but I mean, but also actually ad- admire the guy because he's, he's actually – he he means what he says, I believe, unlike, uh, you know, a number of politicians. I do think that once you're in that office, um, yes, I, I, if, he were the, if he were president, I think he would be responsible about our military and national defense. I do. I don't, Colleen, yeah. what's your answer to that question about Bernie Sanders? 
I think he would be responsible. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't. I don't see any evidence that he would. You know, he would mishandle things. I think that our uh, our presence in Afghanistan was a mistake from the beginning. It should have been a police action, mm -hmm. a, you know, a policing action, essentially, rather than uh, you know devote our entire military to that effort, because it was simply you know the Taliban were a nationalist effort to to keep Afghanistan free of this, in, in this incessant invasion phenomenon that's been happening to them for so many years. But we should also know by now that candidates who are running for office, they never have as much information as the incumbent president. That's right. Mm -hmm. They make they say things, they may mean things, right. but when they get in, they really can't. I mean, there's a long list it of captured. things that a long list of things that Barack Obama said that he wanted to do, like yeah. get rid of Gitmo on day 1, mm. that never happened because of political realities that he was the momentum, not Institu aware of. Institutional momentum. And that's one of the things that Bernie Sanders um, promises to change. I think the problem... You know, that institutional momentum is hard to, to, to fight. I that. think the problem that uh, Bernie Sanders would have would be, uh, first of all, he would immediately start uh, drawing down the military budgets in order to fund a variety of domestic programs. Necessary, necessary. Um, I don't think so. I think we're that we're in too many countries now. Our uh, military we're budget talking is about two massive. different things. Our military we're, budget is massive, Charles. Yes, and under uh, under Obama, who did exactly that, drew it down. Uh, I think that we uh, allowed China to expand uh, in uh, threatening a whole variety of interests. I'm not talking about so putting specific. people in to places and invading, I like the idea of deterrence, and I like the idea of pressure on NATO allies to pay more. John. You see what's happening in Europe right now. After Bush and Obama, both of them, um, the mass millions of people that have left northern Africa, Syria, etc., they're in um, <coughs> Turkey. They're now being let by Erdogan into Greece. Mm -hmm. The Greek government has their people on the border this is a serious thing. Serious. This is a flashpoint they could break. There's no – the borders – now Now, Europe likes borders again, hmm. right? We don't like them here on the Democratic Party, but they do like them in Europe. And so they're electing right-wing governments to enforce that. Like right. That. Well, Some you had Merkel let a million people in from Syria – and uh, the Middle East, and now it's a really serious problem. And one of the reasons, it's, uh, there are two big reasons. One is that um, there are uh, illiberal attitudes, a variety of illiberal attitudes. And the other thing is that these countries have large welfare states, so that if people are not employed, they receive large payments. And the, the welfare state and open borders are simply incompatible. Well, raise your hand. Imperialism you want, coming home to Raise roots. your hand, I mean, Democratic you know, candidates, if you think that people should get free health care if they come across yeah. the border illegally. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, everybody's hand went up. Everybody's hand went up. Yeah. Michael, is that, a, is that a piece of video that you'd like to destroy? <laughs> it will be out there. I think that I think one of the things that was Elizabeth Warren, a couple of them who said all border crossings should be decriminalized, Right. Like that was a huge yeah. political Nuts. mistake when she it's when nuts. they did that. So did Bernie Sanders. Well, I, and, Bernie Sanders wants and, all. And if he's the nominee, a lot of criminals. This is what a general election. I is. think this is Joe Biden did hear. it like this, like no. right. Well, that, that was the most he could do. Right. Raise it halfway. Yeah. What well, is I, that? I think that I, I don't think any of them would, in, in the wake of uh, coronavirus, I don't, I don't think it's any of them bad. would raise their hands uh, today. Uh, yeah, but. 
the Republicans already have the video. Yeah, so. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> and they have video of Chuck Schumer and the others saying coming, uh, it's xenophobic to stop coming, all these flights back, from yeah, China. Yeah, yeah, coming back to the, 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 the coronavirus, for those that are just joining us now, we briefly talked about it earlier in the broadcast. But um, what, should, what should the Democrats, I'm going to ask the Democrats, what should they be doing to challenge the president without making it sound like they're picking on him just because he is the Republican? Uh, see, that's, that's a really fair question. And I, don't, I think that some of the Democrats uh, have, been, been, have made mistakes going, is being so aggressive. Even, even though I, when I watch Donald Trump in that press conference, uh, I can't believe some of the things he says. But if you're a Democratic leader, when it comes to an issue this serious, you're, you're elected leader, especially the party leadership, it's better to take the high road. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard to do with him, but it's better to take the high road. You can just say, there. look, there's a few things that I don't think the president should be but doing, but we all got to close ranks. This is, about li- this is about life and death, and, and you know, it, I think it's been politicized, both sides. Did but if Michael, you're asking about the Democrats, Michael, did I think they've gone the high too far. Road. I think no, that, no. Did, I, did I think Bloomberg he said take a, the high road? Uh, uh, no. We'll see. We'll None see what Bloomberg says tonight. Yeah, he's more measured when he when he, tonight he'll be more measured. But I think that they should, uh, the the right policy for the Democrats, uh, just strategically, is to hold off for three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. If the Trump administration fails, that's the point at which they can speak Let for us. Work. Let them work and fund it. Right. We've got to pause back shortly from Chicago with one more segment. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy the right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. What do you see in Tulsi? Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh... One thing we have not talked about, we've talked about uh, the the coronavirus and its effect on public safety. We haven't talked about its effect on, on the stock market. Uh, it would seem to me that uh, that's the biggest fear that the president has. He doesn't say that, but I think the biggest fear he has is that the stock market continues to tumble. They were down 12 percent uh, last uh, week and sent everybody uh, to their heart doctor to ch- check it out. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Charles? I Is think, he going to get blamed for all this? Um, I think that with the coronavirus having uh, a global economic impact, a lot of big firms who have supply, uh, who sell abroad, and who have supply chains that go through foreign plants, are looking at decreased earnings. Some of them quite substantially decreased. The, f- the stock market is a forecasting mechanism, anticipating what earnings and earnings growth will be. So I think what it's saying is that it's flashing some warning lights that we hadn't seen in a 
long time for what could happen to the economy if this really becomes a serious pandemic. Will this prompt a discussion that more and more companies should bring some of their production Absolutely. back to Chicago? Michael? Absolutely. Is I don't, that the answer I here? don't. I don't know <laughs> the answer to that question, but to, to your question about will Trump get saddle would he get blamed absolutely he will presidents get more of the blame when the economy goes down than they deserve and the same thing the opposite way and uh and is the media and he, doing a is the, is the media now let, let's talk about the media for the time remaining is the media doing a good job of reporting the facts in this coronavirus or are they doing are they going out of their way to raise fear john i think that uh in general People are, are in my, our profession are trying to uh, report the news. Are there are there unscrupulous actors uh, at the New York Times and the um, Washington Post? They would talk about dropping, uh, all, you know, don't be don't be neutral. This is the Trump virus, and people are pushing it. And sometimes you see it online, uh, a little dig like Trump says it's all a hoax, John. which is not. A hoax. You realize the columnists at the Wall Street Journal and, and, and Washington Examiner, that they write columns about Democrats that way. The, the, the opinion people, it goes both you, you oh. know, you're a, it goes Are both ways. Are you actually telling I me about the, what, what an opinion column is? Well, I'm, <laughs> Thank I'm saying, you. You're saying just the Washington Post and New York Times No, that? I'm just bringing up the fact that I think that there's the, that throughout the media, it's since he was elected, there's an antipathy towards Donald Trump. It's established by Study after study after study. And the conservatives felt that way about the Democratic president. I think on the media, media. Michael, when when the when (coughs) the media focuses on the fact that the vice president is now in charge of this, Mm -hmm. and they give you two or three days of that, and and they say things, they repeat things that have been said. You know that that Rauchy was was muzzled. He was on television yesterday saying he was not muzzled. He was asked the question yeah, my, three my, times. My quarrel, and so, and so yeah. my question is, uh, you have Azar, who I said earlier in the program, I think is one of the best public spokesmen that I've ever seen of any administration. The guy's really good. He was on all the shows today. When you have the, the government performing, I think, in, in very positive ways, what, what difference does it make if f- 10 or 15 years ago uh, – Pence did something that uh, that the media didn't like. Okay, f- first of all, you had me for a while there. But <laughs> but if you're the vice president of the United States and you've been delegated that authority and you were a governor and you did something that had anything to do with public health that was of consequence, yeah. that's fair game when you're vice president. It just is. I agree with you that, and I and with John that some people in the media see the problem is with the question. All due respect to say the media. The media <laughs> is millions of writers and television journalists, and you can't separated. paint them all with I one brush. Separate. TV with Bruce as an exception, mostly broadcast. I don't want. I'll I'll call the media, yes. like TV guys, CNN, Some CNN, of them. MSNBC, Some of them. all that ridiculous. And then I'll talk about print. I just I don't like them being. I'm, in I'm, the club. I'm reminded of how uh, giant snowstorms are treated in all of our cities when they're about to come in. It's like Armageddon is about to happen. Mm, you need about three sentences to be told what, what to do. And that's it. I believe me. Same. I have television. Same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that uh, there was an overreaction. I think the media is trying to get Trump however they can, you know, because um, he, he's got to go and, and he's very popular and that's 
the only way, you know, right. some of them may not right? be able to. Un- you, you would agree, some, some, of some, right? To but I, but media. I agree that Trump gives them a lot of ammunition. The things <laughs> he was right. saying in the beginning were absurd, and and you know, typically uh, out of out of the box. For so you know, I, that deserves criticism. I, I'm I'm with Salim on this. The president makes it. He, he almost compels the yes, media right. to ask certain questions and say certain things. He ta- talks like no he other president. Them? He, Does he trigger? It's part of his popularity. By the way, Bruce, is it now? Let me ask you a question, Bruce. Is now the time to buy because of the stock market? Is now the time to buy? Larry Kudlow says, no. "Hey, they're right? cheap. Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, right sorry, from the White I'm, House." I'm sorry, I so, missed 3M when I found out that they're manufacturing all the masks. And by the way, <laughs> let me repeat what Secretary Azar said today. You don't need a, a mask. mask. The masks that have been produced, the first line, those first wave of masks should go to medical workers who are going to be engaging with those who may or are being tested for the coronavirus. But if you look like Wait me, you need a mask. If you, you <laughs> are you telling me that, that some the, of us need a mask? That the two 25-pound uh, salamis, the... 20 weeks worth of food and water in my basement. Oh, that's And okay. all the other stuff that you need to you protect got enough your ammo? Okay. Have you got enough ammo, John? Keep John. That's okay, John. That's okay. Yeah. Just forget the masks. Salami is okay. Forget the masks. Lots mustard. of beef jerky. Mm. On that note, our thanks to Salim Uwakil and Michael Golden from the progressive side this evening, John Cass and Charles Lipson representing the conservative wing of the American Political Discussion Group. Uh, They have all joined us tonight. Our thanks uh, to Andrew Marshall, who has directed tonight's show, and Hector Pacheco, who has been the engineer, and he's been running the boards. I'm Bruce Dumont. Next week, we'll be back. Hope you can join us then. Until then, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.